Hey, I'm Austin. Merry Christmas and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Give a listen as we continue our teaching series, A Little Town, where we look at when God breaks into your world, we need to trust. Well, Merry Christmas to everybody. Really glad that you're here today as we get ready to celebrate and just enjoy the gift of Jesus. So are you happy to be here today? All right, why don't you turn to somebody next to you and say, the world hasn't ended yet. Great to see you. Go for it. So I had somebody actually say they thought the world might be ending because I wore a tie today. So I don't know. Throughout this month, we've been looking at the advent of Christ. And the advent means the coming or the arrival of Jesus. And we've simply been looking at this story with bright eyes. And here's why. The advent or the coming of Jesus is really the story about the arrival of a new baby. And babies are wonderful things that really change everything around them, right? That's exactly what the gift of Jesus was. It was a baby. It was the coming. It was the advent of the Christ child. So this past Friday, Tanya and I were at a Christmas party where there was a new baby there. His name is Max. And Max was about two months old, and my wife held that baby the whole party. And I said, let's not get too used to that. Let's not get too comfortable there. But she had a great time because she loves babies. And babies are wonderful, and they change everything. Tanya and I have six children. And every year when their birthdays roll around, we love to reminisce and think about the day. The day that they were born and the time and the season and who came to visit. And so we'll pull out pictures and we'll look at them and it just helps us to go back to that day and remember that time. Because as parents, it's kind of a big deal. Does anybody else do that or are we just crazy? All right, apparently we're just crazy. All right, but we have fun with that. Our oldest son, Cameron, was born 17 years ago. But I can remember the day that he was born like it just happened. It was a very tough delivery for us. It's like the little guy didn't want to come into the world. And we were new parents, and we're on the way to the hospital, and we're all excited about having our very first baby, and we're high-fiving each other because this is going to be great, and this is going to be wonderful, and we had no idea what was to come. So we got to the hospital, and after 18 hours of labor, still no baby. And so they took Tanya into a different room, and they were doing x-rays to make sure that everything was okay. And it was during that time, right there, that I decided, we will never do this again. (laughs) This is not fun. This is not enjoyable. As a matter of fact, it's awful, and this is too painful for me, so we will never do this again. (laughs) Because it's all really painful for the guys, right? So ladies, you can slap me later if you'd like to. So I decided we are never doing this again because it's just too rough. It's too much. 
Well, Cameron was born finally and everything was okay. And we look back at that day and we remember and we've had more children since then and I can remember every single day that my kids were born. Great days, great memories. And the arrival of a new baby changes absolutely everything in your world. And there's no doubt, there's no doubt at all that the birth of Jesus for Joseph and Mary changed everything for them as brand new parents. I mean, this is the first time for them and they're walking through this and the birth of Jesus changed everything. We actually get a small little glimpse of this in scripture when it says about Mary after the birth of Jesus, Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear deep within herself. In other words, she treasured everything that was happening and this was a moment for Mary and she'll never forget it. See, Advent is about the arrival of a new baby. And as amazing as that is and as wonderful as that is and as memorable as that is, that's not the only part of Advent. Advent is also about God's incredible plan to break into our world to rescue and redeem us. So you've got the baby part, and that's all fun, and that's memorable, but you also have this part, this plan of God breaking into our world and rescuing us. And Advent continues to be this incredible story of God's amazing plan to reach out to us And remarkably, it all happened in a little town. Common places and common people. This really is the story of Advent. Throughout the month, we've also been asking ourselves this question. What should we do when God breaks into our world? That's a fair question, don't you think? When God knocks on the door, when God begins to tug at your heart a little bit, how do you respond to that? What should you do? And here's what we've discovered so far. On the first Sunday of Advent, we said, when God breaks into your world, listen. Because God has something that he wants to say to you. God has something that he wants to deliver to you. So listen to that. On the second Sunday of Advent, we said, when God breaks into your world, share. And here's the reason we need to share. It's because the gift of Jesus was never designed to be consumed on just us. It was never designed to be kept on the inside. It was designed to be given away. We're supposed to share it. And so when God breaks into your world, be ready to share. On the third Sunday of Advent, we said, when God breaks into your world, respect And when the baby arrived, this was God's expectation for everyone that they would respect that gift. Here's what we're going to discover today, and it's our big idea. And that is when God breaks into your world, trust. When God breaks into your world, be ready to trust. Today we've lit the fourth Advent candle. 
Traditionally, it's known as the candle of peace. And it's called that because when Jesus came into the world, when God broke through, he delivered peace. That's what he wanted. That was part of his plan. And we see this in words like this. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. And I think one of the amazing things that kind of falls out of the Advent story is this. Personalize it. You have to personalize this story. You have to do more than just hear it. You have to do more than just think about it. You have to personalize this story because it's for you. It's for me. It's for us. It's more than just history. And it's begging us to personalize this and trust because when God breaks into your world, that's exactly what he wants us to do. He wants us to trust. And then peace follows. So you've got this trust component. And when we do that, When we step through that, when God breaks into our world, here's what we get on the other side. We get peace, trust, and then peace follows. And that doesn't always make sense. That can't always be explained. It's just the way that God works. And this is Advent, God's story. So personalize it. And remarkably, God does all of this through common places and common people. And we're going to see that again today. So the paragraph that we're going to unpack is found in John chapter 1. And in John chapter 1, we find that Jesus is no longer an infant. He's actually a grown man. And here's what he's doing in our story today. He's basically wandering around and he's finding individuals that he can ask to join his team. He wants some followers, some disciples. And so he's going into different towns and he's looking at people and saying, come and follow me. And then he'd move on and he'd say, hey, come and follow me. And then he'd move on and he'd find other individuals and say, come, why don't you follow me? And with this group of individuals, it was his hope and his dream and strategy to change the entire world. And so that's where we pick up in John chapter 1. And we're also going to discover some descriptions here of Jesus as we walk through this story. Here's description number one. Jesus, from a common place. He really was. And it shocked and surprised everybody when they found out the town that Jesus was from. It just didn't make sense to them. All right, so we've got Jesus wandering around and he's gathering his followers. And let's keep in mind, Jesus is from a common place. Verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, come and follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. So Andrew and Peter are a couple of followers that are already after Jesus and he extends this invitation to Philip, and he's from the same town. Verse 45, Philip went to look for Nathanael, a friend, and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about, 
His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Now, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but he grew up in the town of Nazareth. That's where he lived. And so Philip gets really excited about what's happening in his life here. And he wanders off and he finds a friend. His name is Nathaniel. And he's like, Nathaniel, you're not going to believe this, but we have found the one. I mean, this is the one our ancestors have been talking about for a long time. He is the Messiah. He is the one who is going to rescue us. His name is Jesus. He's the son of Joseph, and he's from the town of Nazareth. Here's how Nathanael responds, verse 46. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? And it's really hard to describe the raw emotion of what's happening here. But just imagine with me that Nathanael is having a drink, and Philip comes along, and he's like, hey, here's the deal. We have found the Messiah. He is from Nazareth. And Nathanael would just spit that out all over the place because he's absolutely shocked. Like this is blowing his mind right here. You gotta be kidding me. The one that we have been looking for, the one that our ancestors have promised us, and we have been watching and waiting for so long, He is from the dumpy little town of Nazareth. This cannot be. It's not possible. Nazareth was a small town, not a big place at all. Nazareth was so small that you didn't even need a map to find your way around inside of it. It's that tiny, just a small little place. And so I wrote down a few things that would describe Nazareth. I'm going to read them to you. Feel free to laugh, all right? Nazareth was so small that the McDonald's only had one golden arch. Thought you'd help me out a little better than that, but that's all right. Nazareth was so small that their zip code was a fraction. Nazareth was so small that a night on the town only took about one minute. It's a small town, okay? Anybody from a small town? A small place? You know what this is like, and you know what it feels like to be from a town like that, and that's Nazareth. It was not a destination. As a matter of fact, the people from Nazareth didn't even have a good reputation. They were known as being a little crazy, a little wild, and a little out there. And back in the day, you would avoid this town. So here's what didn't happen in Bible times. Families wouldn't pack up their station wagons and say, we're going to have a great weekend in the town of Nazareth. They didn't say that because nobody went there. As a matter of fact, everybody knew this town to be a boring, terrible place to spend any time at all. As a matter of fact, if it weren't for Jesus himself, the town of Nazareth, probably wouldn't even be on the map. It just wouldn't be there because it's a tiny little place. And if you were from there, you kind of stuck in that town and nobody talked about it because nobody wanted to go there. And it was seen as just this dumpy little town. So you can imagine the emotion when Nathaniel begins to hear, Jesus, the, the promised one, he's from that small little place. No, 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 no. This is not happening. 
It cannot be true. Back to verse 46. Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. Just come and see. Come and see. Come and see. And Philip doesn't begin to argue about the merits of this little town and how it could be the birthplace of the promised one. He just simply looks at his friend and says, come and see. Come and see. I've already met him. He's incredible. I know about him, and I've trusted in him. He broke into my world, and I believe, and you need to see the same, and I think you're going to be really surprised by this. Come and see. Come and see. Jesus is from a common place, just a small town. Well, here's the second description we get of Jesus, and that is, He's completely worthy of our trust. He's from a small town, an unspectacular kind of place, but he's also the one who is completely worthy of our trust. And by completely, I mean completely. So here's verse 47. As they approached Philip and Nathanael, Jesus said to Nathanael, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus replied, well, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. In other words, Jesus is saying here, look, Nathanael, I'm not like everybody else. I can see things that other people can't see and I can do things that other people can't do. And that is because I am the Messiah. I am the promised one. I am God's son. And so I can do things that other people can't do. And apparently that's all Nathaniel needed to hear. Like that just changed him. And he placed his trust in Jesus right there. And here's how he responds, verse 49. Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And you see that word rabbi? It means the great one. And so Nathaniel is saying here, the great one, you are the son of God and you are the king of Israel. This was a title used by Jews to refer to their teachers and it was a title of honor. So here's what Nathaniel is doing here. He is saying, I do believe and you are not only the king, but you are my king, and I'm going to personalize this. I'm going to trust in you. And we know that Nathaniel's trust was real. I mean, we know it was genuine based on what he does next. And here's what Nathaniel does next. He follows. I mean, he simply gets up, and he kind of leaves his past behind, and his doubts and his assumptions, and he just begins to follow. And what we find in the rest of the book of John is that this group of individuals that Jesus called out and said, come and follow me, they do begin to do that. And they watch Jesus teach. And they hear all of that. And they watch him heal people. And they watch him touch lives. And they truly follow. And Nathaniel had a front row seat to that because when God was breaking into his world, he made the choice to trust It's a good choice. It's a great choice. 
Church tradition says that Nathaniel then carried a translation of the Gospel of Matthew into the northern part of India. He was so fired up about Jesus and his words that he took some of those words into a land that didn't have them and he went and began to share, hey, here is the one. Come and see. Come and see. And it was there that he was murdered for his faith. So did Nathaniel follow? You bet he did. You bet he did. And it even cost him his life. It's incredible. So that's God's word. That's what it says. How do we use this? What do we do with it? What are the takeaways? Well, here's takeaway number one, and that is if you're still trying to figure God out, you're not sure about him, like you're just not there, that's okay. We're glad you're here today, but I want to encourage you this way. Set assumptions aside and trust Jesus. Would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to set some of the assumptions you have about Jesus to the side and simply trust? Personalize this. Personalize it. Think about it. Come and see. Come and see. See, to assume is to destroy the gift of clarity. And that's why we must always Always, always hold up everything that happens in life to the truth and then pray and ask for clarity because to assume stuff destroys the gift of clarity. I think Jesus knew that we would have problems with assuming things about him and why he came and what he was all about. Even people in the day that Jesus was born assumed some things. They assumed that when Jesus came, he would kick out the ruling authority. He would just take over and they would be gone. Many people assumed that when Jesus came, he would establish himself as the power. Many people assumed that when Jesus came, he would make himself the king. And all of his followers would be able to point at him and say, See, I told you so. There he is. He's the one, the promised one. And he's here to rule. That's not really why Jesus came. The advent, the coming, the arrival is about Jesus living and dying and then rising again for you and for me. Personalize this. See, maybe you're here and you have some assumptions about Jesus. Maybe it's not those assumptions that they had back in the day, but we have assumptions today. Like maybe he's not really necessary. Maybe Jesus is just a crutch for the mentally weak. Maybe Jesus really can't cover all of our stains. And it's a story. It's a nice story. It's a decent story that makes us feel all warm and fuzzy in the month of December, but it's probably nothing more than that, and we make some assumptions about who Jesus really is. See, Jesus is more than all of that, and he's breaking into your world, so set assumptions aside and trust if that's something that you've never done before. And I believe if you'll do that, You'll have purpose and passion 
and depth to your celebrations that you have never had before. Come and see. Come and see. This invitation to follow Jesus is not just for the religious elite. It's not for the morally upright. It's not for all of those who have their act together. It's for all who are hiding stains. It's for all who have ever doubted. It's for all. For all. So come and see. Come and see. Here's the second takeaway. And that is do the Nathaniel thing. Just do the Nathaniel thing. And that is follow. Be willing to follow. Line yourself up behind the master and follow. Do the Nathaniel thing. It can be dangerous, but live a little. And just know that when we line ourselves up behind the master, that is the safest and the best and the most awesome place to be. So let me ask you this question. If you've trusted in Jesus alone, you've kind of had that moment where you've set some assumptions aside and you believe in him. Are you truly following behind the master? Are you doing the Nathaniel thing? See, here's what we tend to do. At least I see this in my own life and see if this is true for you as well. Sometimes we begin to follow and we get all excited about that and we're thrilled. But then all of a sudden we have our own hopes and we have our own dreams and we have our own goals. And so we get out in front of Jesus and we say, hey Jesus, why don't you back me up with my plans and my dreams and my goals? I mean, you're a great guy, but why don't you just follow, you follow me? You do what I want for you. And the story of Nathaniel in John chapter 1 tells us it doesn't work that way. That we have to get behind Jesus and follow him. So the question is, are you truly following the master? Are you truly doing the Nathaniel thing? Truly follow with your mind and with your emotions and with your compassion and with your generosity and with your dreams and with your goals, truly follow because it's in truly following that way that we show our total reliance on the one who came for us. When God breaks into your world, when he begins to knock on the door, when he tugs at your heart, it's time to trust. It's time to trust. And maybe today is the day where you will set some assumptions aside about this Jesus character and just trust in him alone to save you and not add anything else to that. Or maybe today is the day that you remind yourself as you get ready to celebrate the coming and the arrival of the gift of Jesus, that you would place yourself behind the master and do the Nathaniel thing and follow. Because when God breaks into your world, it's time. It's time to trust. Father, we are so thankful for just some time to think about what you want to say to us on this Sunday, a few days before we celebrate the gift of Jesus God, many of us are going to have just a great time 
sharing and giving and receiving. And I know we're really excited about that. But God, I pray today that you help us to think a little bit about trusting in you. The candle of peace is lit and that's exactly what you came to bring into the world. But that peace doesn't really come in our own lives until we trust in you. So God, I pray that you would work in our hearts and in our lives and that you would help us to look to you right now and think about what you want to say to us. God, you are an amazing God who came up with this plan to send a baby into the world to rescue us. Who thinks of this? Just you. Just you. We're so grateful for the invitation that you extend to come and see. Come and see. Come and see. And so God, as you break into our world right now, help us to be open to whatever it is that you want to say to us. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. Maybe you're here and God is breaking into your world. You've had some assumptions about him and how he might not be worth it or necessary. But perhaps your understanding that God initiated this plan for you and it's just time to personalize it and trust. Encourage you from your heart to God's ears. Just cry out to him and say something like this. Dear God, I'm so thankful for the gift of Jesus. I know I'm a sinner and I know I've messed up. We all have. But right now I turn to you and I trust in you alone to rescue and save me. Lead me now. Lead me and help me to follow. And if that's something that you've offered up for the very first time, I want to say to you that I believe your celebration this year will have more purpose, passion, and depth than ever before because you have the gift, Advent, for you, for you. And you've got it. So you have a friend who will never leave you. God says, I will never forget about you. And this is a wonderful thing that you've done. I'd encourage you to share that with somebody today. Maybe you're here and that's a step you've already taken. Then would you just talk to God right now and make sure that you're following behind him and that you're not the one out in front directing him. Just talk to God about that. God, all of this for us. We are so thankful and so grateful. For those that have responded and are even doing that right now, God, I just pray that you'd meet them right here. And today would be a very memorable day for them. God, you're breaking into our world. You're doing that right now. Help us to respond to you the right way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. 
We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m. 